Attention, citizens, it's time for Super Pulp Science. Hello, this is Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. Um, I am here with my long-suffering co-hosts. Oh, this was your... I was looking at you to, like, introduce yourself. No, see, I thought you were going to... Hi, I'm Sam Biko. Justin's running around gathering chocolate in a mug. <laughs> this is Samantha Biko. And Justin Curry. I'm here, too. He's now, very can... fancy today. I want everyone to know how fancy he is. Super fancy. He's just wearing slacks. And Greg's shirt is He's inside out. nothing else. I'm wearing... Okay. You want... <laughs> the only way I can show you is to, is... like, take it off, kind of. So, sorry. This is an old Imagination, Imagination Manifesto, Manifesto shirt, so but it's so you? ragged, and I'm wearing it close to my heart. Okay. The world is inside out now. Thanks for showing us your torso, by the way. I my wish there was pleasure. Foley for torso, but there really isn't. What would, oh, he's working on it, um, dear listeners. We just had installed in our studio two Olympic <laughs> rings. Like, I don't know what else you call them. Um, specifically, so we can do pull-ups. Pull-ups and exercises and stretches. If you labor at art for long hours at a time, you should take a break every hour and do some physical activity. Which we're and learning as we get older and our bodies yes, fail Yes, as our bodies as begin to fail. sitting. So every hour last yesterday, I did five pull-ups every hour on the hour as a way of... And, you know, when you suspend it, it actually, like, oh man, my spine feels so good as a result of that. Just hanging from yeah. it. It's not for everybody. It just... And don't just jump on these rings with no training. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't go from nothing to exercising every hour at the studio. It's, this has been a long time coming. We finally reached the point where uh, our other studio mate, James, was like, I'm going to put some things up in here so you guys can exercise here too. Here we are. But speaking of things that you do in your art practice to help build you up, what are we going to be talking about today? I want to talk about times when you guys had the lights come on. Like in your creative um, uh, journeys, moments in which you said, whoa, this is something I know now and I can do now. The moments when you received advice, maybe a moment where somebody politely reminded you, no, this is, there's a different, better way to do it. Or when the insight light came on and you were like, I need to go out and not only increase my education in my field but yeah. just experience community through something like a workshop perfect that stuff so instead of talking about chin-ups let's talk about art you got any stories when was a time think of a time right. when you when that moment where you breathed in suddenly and were like oh i get it now i don't have any like huge like monumental like whoa no epiphanies moments. yeah i don't think so it's it's all little changes over time right Okay, so give me a little one. Little yeah. brain poots. Yeah. Little brain, brain poots. poots. So little. So <laughs> this is less of like finding a bar of gold and more like panning for the nuggets is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Little pocket. Um, so before I was on Gregory's radar, I went to a couple of his workshops. I think I went to three different workshops that you put on. That's true, yeah. Um, one was on Henderson in a library when you guys had just finished Catch That Catfish. Oh my gosh, that is forever ago. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, so it was you and John Toon. And you didn't remember me, but John Toon did. He did, yeah. Um, and you guys had just yeah. came up with Catch That but Catfish. But he thought your name was Dustin. Yeah. 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 He's too little that's and embarrassed big. to correct him, so I yeah. just let him go with it. Yeah, that's right. I remember now um, him calling you Dustin instead and of Justin. 
I do remember seeing Catch That Catfish and you guys explaining the process and how it was printed and how much it cost. And you kind of, you broke down the actual hard costs and that had never been done before. I'd never heard anybody tell us this book costs $2.60 per unit. We printed 500, we sell it for this amount. So we're going to make this amount. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that is that that was actually an aha moment for us too, is once we were you know, it was one of the first commercial projects I had done where I was able to look behind the curtain and make choices based on the money in versus the rewards out. These guys got help printing it. Or we something. got a grant. So right. we applied for a grant. We received a grant to produce a book. So full disclosure, uh, in my early, this is like 10, 12 years ago now, I did a book called uh, Catch That Catfish, which is a little kid's book about a kid that goes, you know, fishing for catfish and it's the story about the one that got away um but we applied for a grant from manitoba fisheries and the to produce the book and so in order to do that we had to include scientific true facts about catfish worked into the story so we had to work around you know and nothing like super profound but just like it's not their whiskers they're called barbels right so just naming the things correctly within the story was a part of the mandate. And so as a result, we got support in printing the book um, and distributing it. We were supposed to give a certain number for free to young people uh, at events, which we did. And then we bought into, that was when the first concept of buying into the print run. They were like, okay, you're going to print a thousand of these books. You're going to give them away. We're going to pay you to make them. And you're going to give the books away uh, at all of these events. And then we said, well, if we're printing a thousand books, is it okay if we print another thousand books at the same time? since we own the IP on it, and they said yes. And for those of you who don't know, the more books you print, the lower the cost per unit, which means the higher the profit margin. So mm -hmm. we were then left with a big pile of books that we could sell at a much better price down the road. Uh, we brought up this book a little bit earlier. We were cleaning up the storage room. I am embarrassed of it a little bit because I'm, I'm so much better now. It's fine. But, you uh, have to have those books. Like you have to have those projects at the beginning so that you can get to where you are now. Well, at the time Mr. it was Baby like, Metal. yeah, I was the, it was the best work I could possibly do. Like I gave it my all for sure. But get ready. Well, here comes honor again. In Bookland, and Sam can talk to this in the, you know, early two thousands. It was not uh, very prestigious to be seen as self-publishing your own work, right? Whereas in comics, Bad since impressed. the 70s, mm -hmm. printing your own books is how you got books out. So we didn't have that stigma uh, holding us back, whereas other people were like, oh, you're going to do something through a vanity press, you're going to print it yourself, whatever. We took it as a business decision. We're going to make a product we think people will like, you know, just like as if we were manufacturing a widget, right? If you make a widget that is useful, people will buy that widget. You have to get it at the right price to upsell it. So we made a book that we thought was good. Um, and a lot of that comes from just like the whole gatekeeper mentality. Is it worthy of being published? And at this point in time, it's worthy if you have the capital and the will and um, the energy to put it out. And it's really interesting that um, Justin's you know, that was like before you started making your books, like Cassie and Tonk and... That was like um, 2000, yeah, that was like seven years before my first book. Right. Was Qu Quackers predated Cassie and Tonk? Yes. That was a whole different yes, story. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And everything I need to know about elect electricity, well, almost predates Quackers. That was oh, my okay. very first one. And yeah. also, I'll just bring up here that we had made this book, 
right? And then uh, John Toon figured out that if you have made or printed a book, there are all kinds of places like libraries, for example, who are looking for speakers to speak about the specifics of doing that. And not many people want to share those secrets. And so when we let the libraries know that we would happily put on these workshops and tell everyone exactly how we did it, um, you know, we booked 10 or 15 of these you things. workshop crazy. For yeah, and they were, you know, the libraries were paying us to come and tell everyone how to make books. And it was like this wild, that was a light for me. Where it was like, oh, we're not experts. We just did a thing and we're going to show you all the steps. We'd always start our workshop with like, we're super new at this. Here's how we did it. Here's the mistakes we yeah. made. It's just that demystifying, yeah. which a lot of people even today are still attending these kind of workshops, these nuts and bolts, how to get published, how to do it yourself. Um, because there is still that very Hollywood veneer. Oh, getting published so easy. Self-publishing even easier because you can do it all yourself. Um, she's exhausting. But I do feel, you know, it is very important that you did put on those workshops and that those kind of opportunities for people to learn still exist. Because like I said, there are still tons of people who don't know the mechanics, the cost and the energy that has to go into making books. Well, and little did I know that it also became like a recruitment program. You know, like we ended up working together as a result, you know, um, a workshop that we put on. We've helped, uh, you know, um, Lyndon and Steve do their comic as a result. One of our creators of Infinite Universe. Yeah. Like just you build a community, I guess, is what I'm getting at, is that if you're putting time into that community, you may find other people who are like minded, who are interested in sharing other things in that community, like what we're doing now. Yeah. It's true. Like uh, we, we have like the little comic cons and anime cons in the city where we see glimpses of the community, but they're all kind of, they're off at their tables doing their own thing. But it's really, yeah, only at like the workshops that you really get to interact with these people a lot. Mm -hmm. And we would also always encourage people to call bullshit too, right? To just be like, well, that's not how I do it or what I know about. And just sort of expand the map to say like, well, there's this kingdom over here of self-publishing. There's this kingdom of uh, vanity presses and there's this kingdom of predatory publishers yeah. and mm -hmm. just that was a bit of an aha moment was I thought there was a formula to mm -hmm. like making books and getting them out there I thought there was steps 1 through 12 and if you did those you got a book and the more I talked to other um, publishers and, and artists and and I started to realize there is no there is no formula there is no steps um, everybody's kind of doing it a little different and there's yeah. all kinds of ways to get it done so yeah, don't don't keep looking for that magical way. I don't know why that made me think of this, but when I was so when I was I guess because we're in the Wayback Machine, so I had decided I'm going to make comics. I what do you do when you decide you're going to make comics? You go to the place where people who make comics are doing things. So I. Uh, my dad and I had been talking about doing like a father-son trip somewhere. And he's like, you think of anywhere fun you want to go? I was like, yeah, San Diego Comic-Con. Let's, and those of you who don't know my father, he's a pretty fun guy to hang out with. So, and he's sort of up for adventures that are outside of his wheelhouse. So when I was like, let's go to this amazing comic convention where, you know, all of my comic book sort of idols are going to be and this be this huge pop culture this thing this was a long time yeah 2007 god even before that maybe 2005 um uh most men of his age and vintage would have been like no that's nerd stuff let me out of here he was like yeah let's try it i've never done that so we went on this adventure and he went off on his own like many much of the time he was off exploring it on his own thing and i was doing my own thing um i had a different agenda he was there just kind of like taking the spectacle and i was trying to 
figure out what is the job of comics. So I talked to everyone who had the job of comics that would listen to me or engage with me and figured out how it worked. And at one point, I found myself in front of David Mack's table and uh, the creator of Kabuki, among other things. But he has, you know, he has a stack of graphic novels there and he's, you know, for a brief moment, he didn't have a lineup. And he's like, what are you up to? And I had some examples of some comics with me and I showed him that stuff. And he was like, wow, it's really different. And I was like, yeah, and so I don't know if it'll ever work. And he just walked me through the publishing history of Kabuki and how, how many volumes of it he had to create for, of it not working before it finally found its audience and started to move. And he was like, you know, if it's different, that can be good. If you love doing it and you're making, you feel like you're making yourself a better person by doing it, that can be the only thing you need to have done. And it really, I know it sounds like, you know, it sounds very like the guru on the mountain. But once I heard that, I had that little bit of permission. Like, yeah, I feel great making this stuff. That's the only permission I need. And as long as I work around my regular job, I'm not hurting anybody. You know, I'm doing my bit for society. Yeah. So why don't I just do it? And I left, you know, I, left, I had a lot of interactions like that over that show. But his stood out as being just so genuine. Like he just like... Looked me right in the eye and was like, you don't need anybody to tell you that you can. But really, he was telling me I could. <laughs> and what's so interesting is that now where you are on the other side of the table, you get a ton of people coming up to you and asking you, how did you do this? Yeah. Um, and I find that what's really great about that story is that illuminates how a lot of people who want to become creatives, they put these barriers up inside of their own minds that prevent them from moving forward. Like, I don't know how to formulate a comic page. I don't know how to write an opening chapter. I don't know how to plot a manuscript or a series. Um, and the reality is you don't need to know the that there is a step one through 12. You don't, right. because those steps are going to be different for every single person. And step one can be you're just diving in 50 pages down the road and you're just writing something. And like you said, as long as you're enjoying it or you kind of riding that spark, you can get started at any point. <laughs> Sound exciting? You know, you can also empower yourself by just playing pretend, right? I don't know how to write the first chapter of a novel. So today I'm going to pretend to be a person that can write the first chapter of a novel. And just like when you're a little kid, you play make-believe when it's over, it's over. You don't have to tell everyone. You don't have to go run and tell everyone what you just played, right? You can do that with your own creative practice. Like today, I'm going to write a blockbuster movie outline. And you never have to show it to anybody. But if you just imagine yourself as being capable of doing it, most times you can get pretty close to a first draft just by trying that out. Mm -hmm. Right? But you can't get to the end of the first draft without starting. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just that's something that people just can't get over. They just can't will themselves to just get into it. Um, so they want all the answers before they even start? Yes. They, yeah. They need the entire map. Well, it's like you said, that 12-step program yeah. of being an author, right? Um, Doesn't exist. Did you say that because so many authors are alcoholics? Is that why? Wow, the let's read really yeah. back in. Sweeping generalization. Didn't, didn't no. enter my mind, but, no? but uh, it's good to, to know go. what you think of most authors, Greg. Yeah, so this has been Super Pulp Science, where Gregory is the worst. Sweeping generalization <laughs> yeah. episode. Um, well, what's interesting from my perspective is that I did not... Like throughout my formative, I'm going to be a writer, I'm going to be a creator. I didn't attend any workshops. I didn't do any formal training. I didn't, I don't have a... Did you, were you looking for them? 
Nope, no. because I was so fueled by delusions of grandeur. Um, like the completely other extreme of, oh, people are very reticent to start. I was like, I'm going to be so famous when I'm a youngin. Uh, so I just kind of dove right into it. And it's only been in recent years where I've reeled it back. I'm like, oh, you know, I am crap at a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? There's really nothing wrong in learning at this stage of my life. And I've also conducted a ton of workshops and panels and maybe some of that reticence to to attend a workshop or a panel is because I've been so exhausted by giving them which also sounds bad you don't you haven't you don't have any training and yet you're giving uh, these education to people um, but um, a lot of my training came from experience in, yeah, I don't think in our field there's training doesn't count for much it's more no. the practice and, and we've mileage. ragged it's on <laughs> yeah it's yeah. your portfolio yeah, yeah. But there is something to be said. There's a difference between a good teacher and a good maker. Yeah. Right? And yeah. if you can get a good teacher, I love, even as an adult, I love sitting in a professional vote. I was probably one of the only, well, maybe not the only, but there was a small percentage of teachers in our division who were, like, super excited about PD days. Like, I could not wait for our next PD day because I'm going to learn something new. I was just that super keener right till now so uh this year i want to find i don't know what it's going to be but i'm going to find a workshop or some class i'm going to take something to just be a student again or we'll you just know? hire one of our friends to run a workshop yeah or something that but we can like, sit in. <laughs> i was saying to i don't know if we mentioned this in another podcast but i was saying that what i really want you know i'm in my 40s now i grizzled um that between 40 and 50 I want to learn as much and grow as much as I did between 10 and 20. Like, I want to take a decade and just realize that the... You so know, you're going to go through puberty again? Essentially, yeah. Good, and good. I'm going to try and replace um, the inevitable midlife crisis with instead a reimagining of, like, new skill sets. Mm -hmm. Right? Hmm. Seems reasonable. You're not looking forward to that nice new car? No. No? God, new cars are such a waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're already, uh, you're I mean, already 50. You could print two like huge full color graphic novels it's true it's funny when you exchange for two <laughs> for the price of a new car you could go you know? to so many cons and learn so oh many things goodness. or share your skills with so many people yeah. um speaking of sharing skills you guys have put on workshops together specifically talking about um bookmaking, especially illustrated books do you have any plans for that in the new year we want to do another one yes we are looking at Okay, so back up about, I don't know, is how long is that? Two years now? A year ago. About a year ago? A year ago. Oh, man, we've done so much since that yeah. year. We had a window where we were both around, and we were both feeling like there was a lot of, we had come to have gone We'd come back from a number of shows where we were getting lots of questions about how the you do stuff. The same questions. Same kind of yeah. questions. And we just said, you know what? It must be time, right? <laughs> Let's answer these questions in our own community. And we opened up, you know, we said we got 20 spots. We'll open up the studio and we'll go start to finish how to make a book. Uh, we'll talk finances if that's what people want to talk. We'll talk creative side if that's what people well, want to talk. Uh, how we started it, you start a lot of things this way, was um, we went around the room and I think we got everybody's name and then also what do you want to get out of this? What are your questions? What is kind of your end goal? And we made a list of like, you know, somebody wanted to know 
How do I storyboard? Somebody wanted to know, how do I print it? How do I get it ready for print? You know, all those yeah. questions we just kind of wrote down on a list. So and we, ad- yeah, next- we advertised yeah. 25 things that we could teach you and people signed up for the class. But then when they got there, we said, you know, we have this many, we're doing three nights. We have this many hours. Let's first make a list of everything you want to leave having learned. And we will build our curriculum around what the classroom wants. And what was neat when everyone shared, like you said, um, the number of people who wanted little parts of it to kind of help the whole room see the whole picture. Like the, the way when we teach a workshop, every class gets a different workshop because we first ask them what they want, right? So if you have primarily writers in the workshop, you end up doing primarily uh, writing skill building. If you have like a few entrepreneurs in there, we always end up talking the money and the distribution side. We had you like know? it was four or five bag, like yeah. writers. We had somebody doing a um, a web comic, like a weekly web comic yeah. that was amazing. She didn't need our help. Um, and a couple of people who wanted to do graphic novels get into that. So it was it was a good range of all all yeah regions of the discipline. And then it also, if you're putting on those workshops, it reminds you um, where the mysteries are for people. You know, like at least mm-hmm. for me anyway, when I see other people like mystified by some part of the job that we take for you granted, take, yeah, yeah. right? I realize like, oh, okay, this is a part I should appreciate more. Sounds like a groovy idea. <laughs> and you guys are going to be doing this, your next workshop on January 26, 2019 in your studio. Uh, yes, that is true. Um, and again, we're going to, you know, advertise it as here's a whole big salad bar of skills. And then we're going to narrow it down to when the people arrive for mm-hmm. what they want. Um, our long-term goal maybe around these workshops is to try to build a sort of steady community. We know colorists and we know other writers and we know Type designers setters. and typesetters and letterers and all kinds of folks. And there feels like right now... You know, Winnipeg is trying really hard to have 800,000 people in it, like Mm. really hard. And there's a certain point in which um, the numbers will bear out that there's a lot of people who want to learn different stuff. And why wouldn't we share some Mm -hmm. of that? Yeah, because there was nothing worse, I think, than flailing when I was starting out and re- and having that everything is a mystery. What do I do? Yeah, I'm just going to jump into it, but what happens when I'm done? What are those next steps? And that is that can be very crushing and that can stop you from going onwards. So I think like in facilitating workshops, at least we can, we can take that away from people. We can alleviate that stress. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, if there's any listeners out there that are thinking like, oh, I'd like to r- run a workshop, but I just don't know. Take away the idea that you have to be the expert on the podium pontificating for two hours Mm -hmm. and instead realize that what you are is a guide. People are going to come with questions and you have answers to those questions. And when your answer isn't the full answer, you just be honest with people. This is as much as I know about that topic. And you'll be so surprised how many other people in the room will add to your own knowledge and add to the knowledge of the room if you just act as a guide instead of a master Mm -hmm. of that classroom environment. Mm -hmm. Put on your own workshops. That's right. And nothing actually shows that you're, that you know what you're doing than that you've done it. So there are a lot of people, oh, am I not trained enough? Am I, do I not not have enough to say, speak to experience, um, speak to your failures. That's a big thing because you have to learn from them and other people can learn from them too. Yeah. There's so many of those. I, uh, was in a TV interview one time and I was in the lineup and there was a couple in front of me who had to go on and I forget what their business was but they were so nervous like they were 
it's just like a three minute, like, mm-hmm. you know, a little quick interview. They were so nervous. They're like, what are they going to ask? What are they going to ask? And I said, listen, you are the expert on the thing that you came here for them to talk about. Make sure that they ask you process first, like whatever brought you here, like, so that all you'll have to do is remember. You won't have to make up anything wise. You're just going to be remembering. And for people who, you know, public speaking is scary. If you're putting on a workshop, get in front of a group of people, remind yourself that all you're going to do is not try to plan some great lecture, but instead remember a journey that you've been on and just tell it. Mm-hmm. And you will, it'll take a lot of that fear out. I promise. For sure. And practice. Practice yeah. always helps. Practice is good. Bravery also. Sheer madness. There, that also. And delusions of grandeur. Yeah, all those things. This is what you need. Maybe some gin. Wow. Well, back to the 12 step program. (laughs) There hasn't been a party here for 400 years. We're going to have a party. We're going to have a party. So, at this time in Super Pulp Science, we're going to do something super new that we've never done before, but it's kind of special. I would like to give a big chasing artwork shout out to a Thomas Peters who um, has come and met me at a couple of the C4s and yes. apparently he's a big fan and yeah yes. his hey aunt Thomas. His, <laughs> his aunt Sherry Peters reached out to me and she's a friend of mine and she's also a self-published YA author um, and she's attended a couple of our workshops in the past yeah. and so we're circling back around to the importance of building community oh and it's right there right and it's funny this notion of fame we talk about that for a second like the idea that a shout out like it's cool we're shouting you out Thomas that's awesome but we're not special, right? <laughs> we're just people doing stuff. And that's why I'm here to remind you. Right. You are not special. That's right. We're Sam not special. Sam cuts us down on a daily basis. Whatever you think we are doing that you admire, you are 100% capable of doing, Thomas. And the only difference maybe is in the amount of practice that we have at doing it. And there will be a time in your life, Thomas, where someone is going to want you to shout them out because you have kept at the thing that you're good at until other people see it. Nice. Right? Yeah. I think so. That's a good way. (laughs) This super sentimental episode of Super Pulp Science uh, has been brought to you by feelings and integrity and community. And delusions of grandeur. (laughs) Lots of that. Join the fight and make comics. Bye, Thomas. Thomas.